Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, joined as always by former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, how was your week, dude? Week was good, my friend. Week was good. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Thanksgiving turkey leftovers was amazing, and having daily, um, you know, turkey comas was probably <laughs> the best thing for my productivity. But uh, I, I enjoy the fam being in town, and you know, just. Uh, get back into it absolutely i mean that's that's what makes in my opinion thanksgiving the best holiday it's it's not it really is kind of a with christmas there's so much i don't know it, it seems on. stressful yeah at, at times as well you've got all the christmas shopping you've got to do beforehand then like christmas for some reason it's all the in-laws like everybody wants yes, to go see Jesus. let's let's go see the family the side of the family we never see or talk about for the other 364 days yes. of the year. But on, on around Christmas, you got to go get together with them. With Thanksgiving, it's kind of like outside of the cooking, which if you're with a big enough group, generally everybody pitches in anyway. And it's mm-hmm. not like a, a, a daunting task. No, you just eat food and then and then you chill. Chill and watch football. And watch TV, or watch you, football. Yeah, or you do whatever. Um, so I agree with you. And then you get leftovers for, yep. for the next week. So are... Before we get into uh, into today, I got to ask, are you a Beatles fan in any way, shape or form? No, I mean, I know some of their songs and I respect the uh, you know greatness, but I'm not a diehard Beatles person. But I, I did want to see that one movie where the um, the guy was supposed to be like, imagine the Beatles didn't have their songs and he came. Oh, yesterday. Like, That's great. Yeah, yesterday. I always wanted to see that and i tell myself whenever it comes by i'm like i'm gonna watch that and i haven't for like years but i'm gonna watch it eventually <laughs> okay well this is this is a somewhat of a tie-in it's not not necessarily a movie although it's much longer than a movie but peter jackson um director lord of the rings trilogy all that stuff uncovered yeah. like 50 hours of beatles um recorded footage audio footage and it's like it's on disney plus it's an eight-hour documentary a three-part documentary wow but you're just like sitting in a room with the Beatles for 22 days and like literally just their creative process. It's while they're creating their last album, let it be. Um, and they've got like 22 days dope. to basically create it and then perform it live. And yeah, it's fascinating so far. I'm only two of the three in, but it's really, really cool. So check it out. If you're interested listeners, if you guys are interested, um, it's on Disney plus and it is called the Beatles get back. So that's all the pop culture uh, content we got for you today. Uh, we will get into this week's matchup between the five and six Atlanta Falcons and the eight and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Well, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the football and basketball action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's half off, guys. That's a big deal. What are you doing? Don't just sit there. Use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive that bonus. So what are you waiting for? Get started. Head over to Bet Online today because it is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. 
All right, Ovi, second meeting for these two teams. Uh, the first one did not go in the Falcons' favor, but it was a close no. game into the fourth quarter until a couple of Matt Ryan pick sixes really proved to be the deciding factor. Um, the Bucks since then went on to be exactly what we thought they would be. They're first <laughs> place in the division. They're one of the best yep. teams in the NFC. They're coming off of two wins. Um, big picture, just... Where are the Falcons since we last saw them? And where are the Bucks in your opinion? Well, the Bucks, you know, have some injuries, but uh, um, like you mentioned, they're where we thought they would be. Uh, they're a team that unfortunately hasn't forgotten how to be or play at a championship level. They they remember exactly what it is to be the defending champs and realize even with slow starts, even with injuries, even with having to have the backups play it's that culture it's that fire it's it's that it's that special sauce tom brady brings to a team that he brought last year that is uh, teaching the bucks how to make yourself a, a perennial consistent winner and it's about the mentality it's about the practices it's about you know, the belief and it's just about the preparation and tom brady is so good uh, again as you saw with the patriots to raise the level of play of all the players on the team, including the defense, including the special teams. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, and that's why I, I can't wait till he retires. Cause uh, Matt Ryan is going to have a long, <laughs> long, uh, uh, you know, wait to potentially get a super bowl, you know, at, at year 40 uh, <laughs> until Tom Brady retires. Cause with the super team he has in Tampa, everyone coming back, it's going to be very difficult. And this game, uh, I spoke to you a little bit before we got um, on the air. We do have the always looming element of it's a division game. Anything can happen. And, you know, when guys play each other and they have a familiarity, you know, we can see upsets. So we can see uh, players, you know, play out of their mind. We can see other players get uh, comfortable and the right mix uh, can make lightning strike to where. We get a fumble. We, we catch an interception. You know, we're able to tip a ball. And who knows? We're making this competitive and anything can happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, there, there always is the possibility. And on the Falcons side, uh, so far as the State of the Union, uh, we're a team that uh, we, we can't fix uh, our bad cap situation. We can't fix our, 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 our terrible defense. We can't fix our pass rush or lack of pressure. We can't fix that in one year. And. The fact that we're even in a conversation for the playoffs is a, a semi plus. I mean, you as as difficult it is it's been to watch the season. You got to be impressed with the fact that we're actually semi relevant in, in uh, December. But outside of that, we have so many problems, so many issues. Uh, we don't have a chance to really produce offense unless Cordero Patterson is playing every position on the offensive uh, <laughs> side of the ball. And Kyle Pitts, you know, if we can get back to being Kyle Pitts, we can go and put way too much pressure on him like we have been doing this whole season to make plays. So we're in a position where I think go out there, give our best shot. Uh, we're, I, we talked about this before. I'm not about tanking for any player. I think, you know, finding ways to win is going to be good. But with the journeymen and, you know, some of these young guys who are, are with the team, shoot, uh, who knows if this team even looks the same next year? I don't think it will. Um, but I also, I want to just dispel with the whole notion of 
tanking right now. Like they're, you're five and six with six yeah. games to go. Yeah. Th- this isn't this isn't your two and nine yes. with five games to go. Like that's You've a very there. that's a very different place to be. You're in the you are one game out of a playoff spot as things stand right now. You're like half a game out. So I did I did the research, guys. If you go, if you want to do it yourselves, feel free. Be my guest. It's not worth it. Let me tell you. But at the end <laughs> of one year, I went back and asked myself kind of this very question: Is it better for teams historically to end the year on on a hot streak, which I categorized as three or more wins, or is it better to get a higher draft pick? You know, is it better for those teams to have lost games down the stretch to improve their draft standing? It all comes out in the wash, guys. Yeah. Like teams change so much year to year, and the draft is such a crapshoot, which is why you see teams think that they're smarter than everybody else and they stockpile all these picks because they're like, well, it's crapshoot. We need as many bullets in the chamber as possible. Even that doesn't really work out. Yeah, it's just there's no real difference or tangible difference historically between picking like sixth and picking 14th. You like your chances of getting an impact guy are pretty much equal there, even though it sounds like at number six in the pre-draft process, you're talking about bigger name players. Yeah. Post-draft, that doesn't matter. Like we're talking about prospects at the end of the day when they become players. A lot of times the higher picks don't necessarily pan out more than the later. I mean, Calvin Ridley, perfect example. I, I know he's not out there right now, but very end of the first round is when you got somebody who has been your biggest impact on offense really over the past two years, I would say. So yeah. <clears throat> I think that going back to this game uh, against Tampa Bay, what what has always made the Patriots team so good and what is making this Tampa Bay team so good is they're one of the most versatile teams in the NFL. They can win pretty much in any way they want to win, whether it's the first game against us when Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns and nearly had a 130 quarterback rating, which is virtually perfect. Um, Or it's this past week when the running backs accounted for five touchdowns against the Indianapolis Colts. Tampa Bay is comfortable winning however you ask them to win games. Teams try to make other teams play left-handed. And Tampa Bay is damn near as ambidextrous in this league as you can get. So that is going to be, I think, the key for Atlanta is being as multiple on defense and disguising things as possible. But if you have to pick the poison, I I think first and foremost, you're going to stop number 12. You're going to stop Tom Brady. I mean, he if you can, but that's the guy that you try to get after the Falcons still have the worst pass rush in the league, according to pressure rate. Only every Grady Jerry. freaking year, dude. Every yep. gosh dang year. Like, it's just, it pains <laughs> me to even say that. And, and again, I know, I know the cap situation, but I'm like, how the F you get this wrong every single freaking year? Like, how do you go from the, the Vic Beasley's and the, the uh, Tack uh, McKinley's and, you know, the Dante? You just, you just get a good... Get a good pass rusher, pay him whatever the heck he wants, and find a way to not be last every year. Because that that is just annoying to me. And I, I'm not GM. I know it's much more complicated, difficult than just pick somebody. But damn it, pick somebody who has <laughs> well, the skills. I think that um, I think they need to go back and go the John Abraham route again, and just yeah, just great. pay just pay a guy. You know, pay pay one of the top guys who 
you expect to come in here and, and just pick it right back up. I think, I think the Ray Edwards thing, uh, kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of maybe scared Tom. I, I don't want to put words in, in his mouth in this all speculation, but ever since then, the Falcons never really went after another big free name agent. free agent pass rusher. Abraham wasn't drafted. He was came from the Jets, right? He came from the Jets, but he yeah. was already a proven. He was a proven young guy. Um, at that, but it'd be like somebody going out to get like Brian Burns right now or Josh Allen in Jacksonville. It was kind of kind of what I think the Falcons hoped to get maybe with Dante Fowler. But at least up until that point, John Abraham had been producing like a Pro Bowl player consistently. Yeah. So you kind of knew what you were going to get. Same with like yeah. Alex Mack, like that type of move. They Mark. need to go get again. Um, but they've been trying to get it through the draft and we'll see what Terry Fontenot does. The biggest difference for me with Atlanta in this game. And I'm really curious to see how this all plays into the Tom Brady of it all. I think that I think Dean Pease is finally starting to trust his players to execute his vision on defense, especially some of these younger guys who are starting to see get some more playing time like a Richie Grant, like Darren Hall. But even, you know, even the linebackers that have been around Deion Jones foyer, like we're starting to see him utilize the blitzes that he said he was going to at the beginning of the year. I don't think in week two, they necessarily have the biggest blitz package on no. defense. At that point, you're still installing a lot of your basic stuff. So if there is one side of the ball that I would give maybe a little bit of an edge because I've liked the way that it, they've developed throughout the season, it would be Atlanta's defense. All right. No, I mean, that, that's fair. That, that's absolutely fair. I just uh, know that with with what we're doing with our defense Talk about Foyer and Dion being the heartbeat of the of uh, that side of the ball. I just feel like we just don't have enough talent to be able to make Dean P's defense work because he's worked with um, you know he hasn't worked with all world beaters before, but he's worked with more talent in almost every situation he's been in than here. So I don't know if his defense works if the players can't play up to a certain level. Like you got to be this high to ride this ride. You got to be this good to make DMP's defense work and we're not there. And that's part of the reason why as, you know, gimmicky or as skilled as he is as uh, to try to get the people in the backfield, we just can't get to the quarterback. And with Tom Brady having all dang day to throw, it's like, why even show up to the game? Cause you're, you're going to lose. You, you know that if we're not getting pressure, we're not getting sacks. And Tom Brady is playing seven on seven football. Falcons fans can watch this on TV because uh, unless you want to just enjoy the drinks and the wonderful concessions, and they do have great concessions at Mercedes Benz, uh, stay home because you know the outcome. Uh, I mean, that's that's fair. I guess uh, don't turn the podcast off right now, though. We're going to get <laughs> a little more positive. I promise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got. I'm just being real. I'm just uh, telling you because uh, crazier things have happened. We've seen Dante Fowler get hot. We've seen. You know, uh, Grady find a way to uh, do a great one-on-one and beat his man. You actually, you know, one-on-two, uh, beat the double team and get to the quarterback. But for the most part, we just have, well, we haven't had the pressure because we haven't had the talent. I agree with you. I, I believe that this game is going to probably not be the prettiest to watch, but there have been plenty of games where I thought the Falcons would be competitive. They came out and laid an egg. There have been plenty of games in the past where I thought it would be a complete blowout and the Falcons came out and and played up to their ability. I, you know, the yeah. Falcons did get a strip sack of Tom Brady in this first meeting. Dante Fowler made that happen. He's now back, um, had a sack last week. So 
who knows? I mean, maybe things are starting to round into uh, into shape defensively. AJ Terrell has been the the bright spot on that side of the ball, yes. um, but unfortunately, you know, we know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as great as they are. The Bucks have been getting it done lately, really without them. I mean, I think they combined for like forty yards last week, and they still won a thirty eight thirty one shutout. I mean, it's it's Gronkowski who had two touchdowns against the Falcons in the first game, but he's on fire right now. And Tom Brady just looks like he's mind melded with him once again. So uh, Tampa, I mean, this is going to be really tough, but let's flip it over to the other side of the ball for Atlanta. Um, right. Talk about their best player because Cordero Patterson had two touchdowns in this first meeting, but not a whole lot of yardage. I think they were still figuring out really what, you know, this was still a, we were going to give Cordero Patterson 12 carries. We we're going to get Mike Davis 12 carries type yeah. of game. Things have obviously <laughs> changed since then. Yes. So yeah. what, what from an offensive perspective, what do you think is Atlanta's best plan of attack? Tampa's defense obviously is really good. Um, they can get after you in a bunch of ways. They like to send a lot of pressure. Historically, like what, what can offenses do to beat pressure? Well, uh, one of the great things you can do that if you have the right personnel is the screen game, the short pass game. And Cordero Patterson is perfect for that, obviously being a receiver <laughs> and a running back and showing that he has that returner skill to have the burst, change the direction, the stop yep. and start. Uh, it makes it you know, the perfect go-to for the Falcons dealing with the Vita Veyas of the world. I remember we were so excited about, we're not so excited, we were so intrigued at the matchup with big-ass Vita Vea after he picked up <laughs> all the linemen on other teams and sat them back in the quarterback's hands. Did we're you like, see oh. his tooth? No. Did you see his, he, he uh, I can't, I don't think he fully lost it, but he like chipped like half of his like nice. eye tooth or, or the tooth right next to your front two teeth. Um, in last week's game and cameras oh. just uh, like caught him just smiling, bleeding. Like he looked like he looked exactly <laughs> he like it. a guy named Vita Vea who plays yes. defensive tackle should. He freaking loves it. He's like, ah, oh, get the blood smeared on his face and <laughs> tribal like war paint. Let's go. Like that's the type of guy he comes off as They're like just like a, a freaking warrior, a monster. And surprisingly, we held our own against them and he didn't embarrass us too bad when it came to just picking guys up with one hand each and throwing them at Matt Ryan. But uh, but still, our, our offense needs to find ways to get the ball Matt's hand quickly to get it to Coral Patterson because he is clearly the, uh, I guess, you know, the heart and soul of our um, offensive production. And to try and get Kyle Pitts to, to wake up, um, not really wake up because they're going to double team him. They know he's our biggest threat, but help him realize that this is the life he's going to live. This is going to be standard. This is what all the greats, including, you know, an old guy named Julio Jones used to play for us a while back who understood that when you are the best, you will be covered like the best and treated with that attention. And you still have to understand how to create pockets of space so that Matt can get you the ball comfortably and not feel like he's throwing it into a potential interception uh, uh, scenario. So with Corderell and Kyle Pitts, I think that's going to be our, our win. And you say that that's, that's a lot for two guys. Those two guys have been the reason we've won the majority of the games we've won. And they're going to have to be the reasons we win the, the games that are coming in the future. If we're going to upset them, we need them to you know have a big game. But also all of our role players, all the guys that 
no one's thinking is going to have a, a big game, you know, from uh, Alameda Zacchaeus uh, to Chaze Sharp to, you know, just the role players. Every now and then you see a role player have that star game. Like, oh, shit, I didn't know he can do that. <laughs> I didn't know he can really put, you know, the team on his back or have the, the bright lights there and make these one-handed catch or beat his man with such a great move. That's going to be the only way we have a chance. So for for offense, uh, unfortunately, Mike Davis, that uh, experiment, and I, I think Mike Davis was great in the past. I was so excited for him to get here. But yeah. trying to be fair and even and, and give him an equal amount of touches, I think those days are over. Those days are gone. They realize who the workhorse is and who the playmaker is. So let's not try to be uh, uh, cute and, you know, and make everyone smile and give everyone a participation trophy. Let's just go with what works and try to win this game. Don't beat around the bush, Falcons. Just uh, go with your best guys. But if there is one reason for optimism with that approach, uh, it's this. Kyle Pitts against Tampa in his second game, second NFL game. Yeah. He led the Falcons with 73 yards. So... He did it the first time around, and yeah. I think, I mean, if there's one team that I could see saying to themselves, look, we've got the talent to match up with anybody. We love our guys against anybody. You know, Levante David, Devin White, Carlton Davis, Mike Edwards, who's going to be out for this game, and I'll get to that in one second, but we like our chances. Come, come get it. I could see yeah. them saying... Until Kyle Pitts proves that we like that he's going to be a problem for us, yeah. we're we're locking him up one on one. You know, yeah. prove that we need to add an extra guy because we want to send that extra guy after Matt Ryan. And I think that this could be a game if the Falcons really want to get Kyle Pitts going. I think they're going to have their opportunities on Sunday. Now, the flip side of that is Matt's got to have the time to yeah. find Kyle Pitts because they they are running some of you know I went back and rewatched the game and they ran some speed outs they ran some like Matt takes the ball immediately starts rolling out to his right Kyle just kind of runs one of those where you're angling it in a little bit but then quick turn and just like speed out towards the sideline they looked out of sync and and Matt's comments in his press conference this week did you know as as much as Matt is going to touch on any topic he did talk about like kind of timing um he, in, he mainly pointed his finger back at himself, but it's something that I've been thinking in the back of my mind is the way we've seen Kyle Pitts used in this offense, and if you watch him on a play-to-play -play basis, there are opportunities there for him. It's just that when he seems to be open, Matt's looking elsewhere, and when Matt's looking his way, Kyle's not necessarily where he wants it to be. So I still think that there is just some disconnect right now between quarterback and player. And that's fine. I mean, again, Kyle Pitts, the rookie, it, it takes Matt's as commanding and demanding as where he like he'll walk up to Tony Gonzalez, who was already in the Hall of Fame at that point and be like, Tony, I need you to be here. All right. And if he's going to say that to Tony and demand that of Tony Gonzalez, he's going to demand that of Kyle Pitts. And you're yeah. not getting the ball unless you're where he expects you to be, because we've seen in the past two games, two picks have been thrown on kind of miscommunications with Kyle Pitts. So that all being said, this week, I'm very bullish on Kyle Pitts. I think that, I think the Falcons, I think the Bucks are going to come in looking at Cordero Patterson, and I think the Falcons are really going to want to reward Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You know, because, you know, as a player, even though he's not getting the catches, even though he's not getting the yardage, he's a big part of their run game as well. 
When the oh, yeah. run game has a big day, Kyle Pitts is usually that last guy setting the edge. And whether that means getting him to the boundary as quick as possible so you give your running back kind of a last cutback lane if he can get to the edge or sealing it off and letting him get to the outside of you, that's not easy. You know, Kyle Pitts didn't come in being known as a blocker. They're no. making him do kind of the dirty work. But now to keep him satisfied, you got you to gotta reward that a little bit. I think they're going to come in with a Kyle Pitts heavy game plan, sprinkle in some Corderell Patterson, but I'm, I'm a little bit bullish on Atlanta's receiving attack in this game. Am I crazy? Um, you are crazy, but not because of, of this. You, you have your own issues that we'll <laughs> at a later day. But um, this is, uh, I think, a strategy that the Falcons have to use. That they, they um, have to be, uh, you have to be kind of bullish on Kyle Pitts because that is, he, he's the only superstar you have or the only playmaker outside of Cordero Patterson that can really give you a chance to win this game. And it just the, the problem with that, again, we know that. They probably know that too. <laughs> you know, and so the theory that they have so much confidence in their defense that they're not going to double Kyle Pitts, I think is uh, a good one because they're they're very, very, very confident over there at the Bucks And like Kyle Pitts, Schmile Pitts. I, I'm not, I mean, yeah, he's good and he's the best on their team, but the best on their team is, is a rookie with only a 200 yard games. Like, I, yeah. We're, we're, we're good. We're, we're, I don't we're, I don't know if I would double him either. Yeah. Honestly, if, if I'm a defense coordinator at this point, like what what have you maybe in the red zone? But like outside yeah. of that, what have you done? Exactly. Like you you have the threat of potentially maybe going off. But until you go off, we're good. So you, you're, you're not crazy. I, I think uh, you're not crazy in this aspect. I, I think that <laughs> Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson need to go and, you know, have dinner for the night for the game and just trade secrets on how to carry this team on their back and trade secrets about how to, you know, get the, those uh, uh, knee braces on or a back brace and and put the whole team on, on both their backs because it's going to be a lot of, um, you know, just attention thrown their way uh, from the Falcons and, and the Bucks because both sides know, like, this is the key to the Falcons either being productive on offense or not. Unfortunately, I don't think... Uh Corderell and, and Kyle are going to be going to have dinner at Calvin Ridley's house um, because, you know, Calvin was a huge factor in this first game for Atlanta, usually oh, yeah. has big games against the Bucks. Yeah. Um, but but he remains out. We're supportive of that. Um, the Bucks will be without Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards uh, came out yesterday, you know, suspended three games. That's big. I mean, Antonio Brown is notably like if Atlanta's got probably a weakness in the I secondary hope. it's it's still that slot issue and Antonio Brown is one of the best slot receivers when he plays uh still in yeah. the NFL and Mike Edwards I mentioned earlier Matt Ryan's two pick sixes Mike Edwards had both so he's he was a playmaker and a huge factor in that first game they'll be without both of those guys so little bit of a chance here uh for Atlanta's offense to maybe get something going Tampa Bay has the best run defense in the NFL so I don't yeah. think we're going to see a repeat of last week, but they're only 20th against the pass. So, you know, you got Matt Ryan on fantasy. I'm not telling you to start him, but, uh -huh. you, you know, maybe maybe uh, if you're desperate, need a Hail Mary play there. There could be possibly some potential there, but but maybe don't. Um, yeah, Antonio <laughs> Brown was suspended because of the fake uh, cards, right? The fake. Uh, I, I, I haven't read fully into it, but yeah, I believe it has something to do with with the vaccinations. A dummy. People are crazy. I, I just don't understand.
Yeah, no, he he should have just you should just bullshit it around like Aaron Rodgers no. did with it. Like, guess the thing. Because here, here's the thing: just do what a, a lot of players do and say, "Yeah, I didn't get the I didn't get the vaccination." If that's how you strongly feel, and you have enough people who will support you in that decision, but trying to lie about it, create fake cards, yeah. and then lie about creating fake cards. I, and I, I saw some of it. I didn't read the whole thing, but. That's the case. That's just stupid. <laughs> it is right. Yeah, because the team—it's the team that matters. Like, if the yeah. team is is supportive of you and understands the risk, that's a conversation between you and your employer. And yeah. but the, then to lie to your employer—that puts yes. that's disingenuous to your teammates, to every one of those guys oh. in the locker room. That's disingenuous to yeah. It's 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 just a bad look all the way around for thank you for like those one of the, two guys. One of the bright spots is that the Falcons had 100%, according to them, 100% vaccination rate. So we don't have to deal with that craziness. We don't have anybody doing fake cards uh, in Atlanta. So uh, we're, we're good. Hopefully we can uh, channel that positive energy to help us uh, win this darn game. One, one last uh, thing on this kind of first topic about the game uh, before we move on quickly into the, to some like rapid fire things. But last week, uh, the Falcons rotated their centers, Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman, a couple of series in the game. Uh, I believe Arthur Smith said the plan was to kind of go like two and two, two series at a time back and forth afterwards. He was asked about it and it's, it's weirdly, it's been like a fixation of the media, which I get, I understand like it's, it's a new topic at this point in the season. And you've yeah. been asking about quarter Patterson all year long. You've been asking yep. about Pitts, AJ all Terrell and all that. So yeah, it's, it's just, when do we ever talk about the offensive line? Uh, Never. But they've been talking a lot about this kind of rotation and how it affects Matt Ryan, which is stupid. Matt Ryan is fine regardless of who's snapping him the football. Uh, But mainly Arthur Smith said it was a chance to really bring out competition within these, between these two guys. And he felt it was the best chance for his team to win and that it brought kind of the best out of both of them while they were in the game. Is that real? I mean, how would you feel if you're a player and then Kind of midway in a game, when you're when you're getting your feel, your coach says, "All right, time for you to come out. We're putting somebody else in." Is that going to motivate you to play as well as possible when you're in the game, or do you then start kind of getting in your head a little bit? Or you know, take me through that as a player. Like, how would you feel? Um, as a player, I, I feel like it, it, it is what it is because I've obviously put myself in this situation to where I haven't been dominant on the field, or I haven't been you know all my p's and q's to the point where there isn't even a question as to whether I'm the best for this position. I've so you given, get it. You kind of get it. Yeah. I've given, I've given my, my um, coaches and even my teammates doubt and probably my quarterback doubt that <laughs> I can do this job at the highest level. Cause I guarantee you if Matt Ryan said, stop all this uh, uh, back and forth shit, like with these yeah. centers, that's the guy is the best. I've seen him in practice. I've seen him on film. I've worked with him. He's clearly the better center. I want him in there, period. If he yeah. made a strong case to the coach, coach like, Matt, it's your team. Well, Let's Matt's go. been involved in all of these decisions. It, yeah. That's Arthur Smith has said, of course, we've we've consulted with Matt. This affects him. Matt said, look, both guys come in. They, they do a good job. I don't really have a preference one way or the other. That's what he says to us to do a good job. But <laughs> one guy is, both guys aren't doing a good job because they're doing a good job or maybe they're doing yeah. a good job. Neither, neither's doing a great job. That's the point. Right. He's doing a great job to keep Matt safe, to communicate correctly, to run, well, pass block is what Matt cares about more. And um, yes, it'd be a little bit annoying, you know, during the game while you're trying to get in your flow and you're understanding the defense is moving and you really you know, are lathered up and then 
you get pulled for two series. You're like, oh, gosh, dang it, man. I, I was just like, then you're cold. You go back in there, you're, you're, you're cold and have to warm back up. That would be very difficult to, to cope with. Um, but you do it because you have no other choice. And, and your goal is to do it for one, two games, as few games as possible, and make sure you leave an impression on Matt and the coaches and the other team that I can handle my stuff and I can, you know, be the player you want me to be. So uh, I know it's a media story, but it's, it's really a non-issue for for players who understand that the only reason that they're doing this is because I didn't show up and show out like I was supposed to. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly spot on. And and Matt Hennessy had been kind of struggling against the pass rush uh, the last couple of games, so that makes sense. And I commend Arthur Smith and his staff. Look, depth was maybe the number one issue with this team coming into the season. They're they're working at least to build some of that depth up. Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy are going to be a part of this team for the next three years. Yeah. They're rookies on on kind of early parts of their rookie contract, so. You got to get them into games. You got to figure this out. You got to get some of these young guys in on defense into these games. Get them reps while you're still being competitive. These games matter. Get them some of these high leverage, stressful situations under their belt so that they understand when you really need to count on them in two years. And they're part of hopefully like a a good team. They're a core part of that team. They've seen it before. So I like what they're doing there. Um, We don't need to make too much more out of it. So let's take one more quick break and then we will keep on going. Say goodbye to dull gifts. I think I will. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Ah, I see what they did there. You know, diamonds dull, bright. These guys are on it. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. And at a light price, too. I mean, $800 per carat. Not a big, uh, you know, carat expert myself, um, but there's that information for you. $800 per carat. So you may be asking, what is a lab-grown diamond? Well, they have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in a bluish pink or, you know, just a classic white, maybe just a good, beautiful blue. I'm a classic blue guy myself. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add some sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right. So real quick, Ovi, uh, I I just want to get your thoughts on being a team that's going up against a team that is clearly so much better than than you are. (laughs) Like knowing that I I think the Falcons understand where they are. Yes, they're five and six and they'll say they deserve to be there, that they've won a lot of close games, gritty. You know, they, they've clawed their way back is what a lot of players have been saying. The Bucks have not had to do that. They have been sailing nope. on smooth waters yep. to, to uh, an eight and three record. They are very damn good. Um, so in the locker room, I mean, what, what you guys, are you busy formulating your best plan of attack to knock down Goliath? Or do you guys just sit there and be like, man, we all better be bringing our A game to have a chance on Sunday and just kind of hoping that that happens um what happens there when you have a, a overwhelmingly a superior opponent you have to focus on the details that's where you know i know me as a player and on the teams i played with in baltimore and with the falcons you know, in baltimore is less me i mean in, yeah, in baltimore was less me saying it, it was more the um you know leaders like ray lewis and Deion sanders and uh ed reed and 
on the offensive side of the ball, Jonathan Ogden and, and my, my guy Orlando Brown, Almighty Zeus, you know, rest in peace. Like the, watching those guys give us some of these talks, it, it wasn't too many times where we felt like it was David and Goliath when I was with Baltimore because all these Hall of Famers I played with, they all felt like even if you we guys were, playing, were Goliath, yeah, even if we were playing against you know Tom Brady and the old school Patriots, we all felt like you know we are the team. But our offense being able to um, you know be at the high level at all times, like defense aside, was always considered themselves superior. But when we had big games, they would make sure that every single man, because they knew how important it was for every single player to have that same mentality, focus on the details. You know, uh, preparation is so key. Watching film is so important. Getting those extra, um, you know, kinks worked out in practice is, uh, you know, the difference between winning and losing. So I, I do the same thing, and hopefully the Falcons are doing that same thing where they say, yes, this is a, a, a huge opportunity and one where we're probably the only ones who think that we have a chance of winning, and hopefully they think they have a chance of winning because that's key, my friend. William, I've been on teams where, you know, <laughs> the players who are playing on the team are like, oh, we're going to lose this shit. We ain't winning this game. We, we, we have no chance. Like, ho, 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 ho. Yes, I know that, you know, Michael Vick's gone. We have Byron Lef- Leftwich as our quarterback. But you still got to come out on the field to win the game and believe you have to win the game until you actually lose it. Crazier things have happened. But if you're already saying you're going to lose, it was it was some of our offensive linemen. Uh, and some of them, they weren't there the next year. But it, <laughs> I was just surprised. Because, again, coming from Baltimore, first year in Atlanta, and kind of seeing how – the mental toughness was was not as sharp with a, a team that you know was in a little bit of disarray. I was just like, wow. Uh, rule number one: you play every game to win, and you believe yeah. you win every game. And they have to be able to, especially from the old guys to the young guys, get everyone on board with work on a fight, scratch, claw, just put your head down, drive your feet, keep on moving. And at the end of four quarters, you might be surprised what happens. So hopefully the Falcons have enough leadership on both sides of the ball to get that point across and not have any, you know, pre-assumed uh, defeatism uh, in, in their brains. That's really well said because that's exactly what I think Arthur Smith would be looking for right now. And like if I if I was a coach, this is this is your prove it game. You know, yeah. we've we've gotten we've earned everything we've gotten. We've gotten ourselves to this spot. Which in week two, we didn't know what the hell we had. No team does. It's week two. Yeah. No team knows yeah. what they are. And but now you do. Now you've been able to actually win some games. You've gotten your ass handed to you as well. Yep. But this is your next chance to take on a good team. Let's see how far we've come over the last month. And this is your next opportunity. So really spot on. This is a game that will test your mental toughness. You're doing it at home, which for the Falcons actually isn't too much um of a of a help there but we yeah. still have one at home willie we, william we have nope. not won a game at home it's december well and that's, london and is l- our new london home apparently. does not count i'm sorry <laughs> we all know london's not a home game so in the mercedes-benz stadium we have not won a game and that is something that as a falcons fan or i'm not a season ticket holder but for the season ticket holders they gotta be salty about that i mean i again i know this is the first year of arthur smith but if you're gonna win, have one of those wins at home so I can drive home happy and and you know have some some happy drinks, not some angry drinks at the end of the game. Because 
you know, win or lose, the fans are going to booze. But uh, you'd rather have those happy drinks. The Tottenham Falcons are, uh, or Tottenham, <laughs> the Tottenham Falcons. Sorry, all of our English listeners to butcher that like a dumb American. Um, <laughs> now the Tottenham Falcons are one to know. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, all right. Final, final thoughts and predictions. Rapid fire here. Uh, who needs to have a big game on Sunday for the Falcons to win? Uh, Kyle Pitts does. Cordell Patterson already showed that he could have the big game. Kyle Pitts needs to get back to his 100-yard uh, game days. All right. I'm going to say – I'm going to stick on offense. I'll, I'll say Matt Ryan. You know, I, I think I think if the – because load up Kyle Pitts, I think Matt's got to trust Kyle. Um, it, but even if he doesn't, like why, why draft a dude with a seven-foot wingspan if you're not going to kind of like test the limits? <laughs> right? Like why, why it, it, drive a sports yeah. car if you're not going to go over 100? The whole being in the third or fourth quarter and having zero throws even going his way can't happen again. Like that That's silly. Yeah. At least, I know oh, I don't want to force the ball to him. You're going to have to kind of force the ball to him because he's going to be double covered. Maybe, maybe not. But he has to have, you know, attempts or opportunities. He can't catch balls that aren't thrown to him. The ball thrown to Julio in the Super Bowl, that was a forced ball. Yep. You know, Matt, Matt put it right where only Julio could get it or it's going yep. out of bounds. But but I don't know if Matt if 2021 version of Matt makes that makes that throw even in a week four game to Kyle yeah. Pitts like I just but let's we'll keep going. <laughs> um, can the Falcons generate enough offense in this game to win? Um, they're going to have to because defense is not going to stop a nosebleed, and so Tom Brady's going to score as many points as he wants to score. So we can't keep up. Then uh, it's definitely going to be a loss. Yeah, I unfortunately I don't I don't think they can. Um, just looking back at it, it is kind of an offense that's been the Achilles heel a little bit for Atlanta this year. But in the first game, they were able to to get back into it offensively. So who knows? Um, will the Falcons be able to affect Tom Brady with their pass rush on Sunday? Hell nah, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, it's not going to happen. As much as I want to wish it into existence, no, it's it's not going to happen. And Tom Brady's going to have uh, all the time he needs. Hopefully one of our defensive backs who have not been having the best year can surprise us with interceptions. But we're not, we're not getting to him this, this game. I don't think it'll be with their front four, but I, I, think, I think they'll be able to get him off, off his spot once or twice in this game, um, which that's better than most. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ovi, last thing. Final prediction for Sunday. Uh, final prediction for Sunday, I think it's going to be uh, 35 to 7 bucks. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to be mean, but I also have learned that using my Homer background to try and wish and will the Falcons to to be competitive does not work. And you have to sometimes, you know, look at it for what it is. I guess the Jacksonville Jaguars, we had a, a bump. Like it, it was it was positive, but I've also been watching the Bucks play and they're not playing around with this championship run back to back thing. So I think it's going to be a 35-7 loss, and uh, I don't want to be right, uh, but unfortunately, I think I'm going to be. How about you? What do you think? Damn, Ovi. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love the pessimism. We've kind yeah. of, we've finally broken you. You you have. I've been broken for a while. I'm, I'm finally showing it. Oh, wow. Oh, man. It's after a win, um, too. You think after a win, I'm, I'm more uh, optimistic. Well, I think, I honestly, I think a win against Jacksonville, like for you, is almost worse than like a close loss against green bay or something <laughs> yeah um, i know we're not supposed to look at the team a win is a win in the nfl that's true but uh you're not impressing me you know by beating a team that's only won a handful of games and against other bad opponents 
I I don't think that the Falcons need to necessarily win this game. I mean, obviously that's the no. goal, but a close loss or a or a competitive loss to me would actually they, they don't matter at the end of the day, but it matters in context. And I think the context here would make me feel a little bit better about the stretch run. I think it's gonna be thirty two twenty four, and I mm-hmm. think the Bucks kind of get that last touchdown in in kind of the fourth quarter you know, move down the field. Falcons get it with only a little bit of time left. Can't really make something, but like one of those games and the Bucks find a way to get it done in the same way the Falcons have um, so far this season. I mean, I didn't mention Falcons are five and two in one score games since they faced Tampa in week two. So they've built a little bit of an identity. Now that's against bad teams. Let's see if they can do it against a, uh, a good team. One of the best in the league. Um, so 32, what I say, 24, yeah. and you said 35-7. I'll go 35-10. They'll get a field goal. No, 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 no. Don't, don't hedge it. <laughs> don't hedge it. 35-7 is great. Okay. I love it. And I, let's say let's say that touchdown's like a defensive touchdown or something, yeah. too. <laughs> it might uh, have to be. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, my friend. I, I've been uh, uh, really excited about uh, the Apple TV Plus uh, Invasion uh, series. <laughs> I, I love any post-apocalyptic end of the world, you know, type of thing. I, you know, I, I love that stuff. And Invasion is so good. And they're, they're <laughs> nice. going a little bit far with not showing us too much of the monster or the alien, but the storylines are impeccable. Like I, who was it? Not, it was a uh, Stephen King or, uh, or there's someone else. Like if there's a big. Uh, a producer or was like saying like i don't know where invasion's going but i love it i'm like exactly <laughs> i don't know where this thing's going they're following like three or four or five storylines and it is just it's must see tv like I, I get my popcorn i sit in my bed and i get all excited to watch every new episode that comes out so if you're not watching that on apple tv plus it's going to be uh one of the highlights of your week i promise all right i'll have to i'll have to check that out that sounds pretty cool um so apple tv plus yes sir nice. Well, this is Believe in Falcons Plus. Uh, today's episode <laughs> was presented by Bet Online, and thank you guys so much for listening. Please let let everybody know where they can find us for the stretch run of this season and beyond. Um, follow us on Twitter at Will McFadden at OviMHaley34. And again, thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope Falcons get a surprising win on Sunday and Ovi and I can be in a good mood for you guys Uh, you'll hear us again Monday morning as always take care thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.